Good morning, New City. Good to be with you. My name is Jared Parsons. I'm one of the teaching pastors at New City, and I'm excited to be with you this morning. Um, over the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to be going through a series called More Than the Other Two. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Father and the Holy Spirit. And the reason that I wanted to to do this, to talk about the other, uh, we, we say members, which sounds like a club, but the other members, persons of the Trinity is, um, they've long been a, um, a mystery to me. And uh, I grew up in, in, a, in a Christian home and in a Christian environment and culture that um, mentioned the Father, mentioned the Holy Spirit in, in various ways. But I remember um, whenever it was talked about of being in heaven, it was going to see Jesus. Uh, whenever we would, would pray, it was, you know, talking to Jesus. Uh, devotional time was time with Jesus. Uh, and I remember asking questions of different um, people I respected growing up and Inevitably, you ask a question about the Father, and you'd get to Jesus eventually. It'd just be like, well, it's, you know, he's the Father of Jesus. And uh, John 3.16, which we will read. Um, John 3, just read John 3.16. Or talk about the Holy Spirit, and you get a whole bunch of answers. And so um, what I wanted to do is I, is I wanted to um, share with, with you my learnings, my go, kind of go through my ponderings and, and uh, what, what I've thought. The, the other two uh, or mem- persons of the Trinity are like and, and what I found to be true in the scriptures. And I, so I'm excited to do this um, with you and, and share some of the, the, the importance of um, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, one thing that I, I want to be very, very clear as we go through the next two weeks, the, the underlying premise, the, the core premise is that the gospel, the good news that we believe, is more than our relationship with Jesus. It's a vibrant relationship with the God uh, in in the Trinity. It's it's a vibrant relationship with with God in the Trinity, and um, a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Father as well. And so I'm excited to to look at that. Let me pray, and then uh, we'll kind of I'll lay out the rest of, of the time for us. Jesus, thank you for this time that we get together. Thank you that um, we can uh, gather even virtually to, to um, worship you and, and talk about you. And um, would you teach us, Father, would you teach us this morning about yourself, your good character, Spirit? Would you be with us and uh, enlighten um, our eyes to the truths that we need to see? Um, yeah, God, in your name, amen. So uh, what we're going to do um, this morning is that a lot of the verses will be in John. I love the book of John. John is um, a book you know, about Jesus. It's one of the gospels, but one of the, the core underlying things is how much Jesus talks about the father in John. He talks about the father all the time. And so there's going to be a lot of passages that come out of, of John this morning. Um, but before we, we get there, before we get to our, our core point, um, I'm just going to do a couple of mental exercises with you of, of how I've sought to understand the Trinity. Um, and, and how th- there might be some some common uh, ideology here, common maybe, and, and I would say even misconceptions here. Maybe you've, you've have some of these or none of these, but bear with me for a second. You know, when when we talk about Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, I, I the first picture that comes to my mind is is a parental one, where you've like Jesus in for a. a in a base way, in a simplistic way, is 
um, like the cool parent, the, the parent that you want to talk to, the one that you, that you want to ask things from, uh, the less strict one, you know? Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to use my parents for example, cause they might be listening and I don't want to, you know, play who's cool, who's not both of my parents. I love them very much. Uh, but you know, it's the parent that you, that you, that, that when you have a friend over, when you need something, when you need money, Jesus is the one because he's the one who died for you, right? He's the one that, that you know a lot, that he, that he loves you. He loved the, the widows and the orphans, and he had like the, the kids sitting on his lap. And so you're like, oh, that's uh, to Jesus. And maybe the father, whether or not it's the, the father in this parental situation or not, but it's the one that you're afraid of. The, the one who Jesus kind of runs interference on your behalf for, right? Like the one who probably is mostly mad and just expects things from you. And the other parent, like, you know, always does you a solid to, to talk you up in front of the other. And, and that one, you know, the father is the one that you might be afraid to go to. Maybe, you know, that, that was kind of a picture. And then the Holy Spirit in that is like, I don't even know where to place the Holy Spirit in that situation. But that's, that's kind of the, one, one of the things, the, the pictures I've gotten that, the other one, growing up, I think is similar, but but uh, a little different, and that is a, a corporate structure, where Jesus is well, the Father is the CEO. He's the CEO, and he's he's in charge of the whole company, and and he he has things he wants to get done. Um, he's not rude, he's not mean, but he's businesslike, you know, and 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 it's business with him. And Jesus is the boss just below him that you love to hang out with, that you want to go and ask. You know, can I have an extra break for lunch? Whatever, because you know Jesus is the boss. He's the boss who died for you. You know, he, he really he's he's a huge fan of yours. And then like the Holy Spirit is uh, Gladys, the office administrator, who like the whole office would just fall apart without. Right? It's like where's but you don't really think about Gladys until like Gladys isn't there one day, and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing is where's Gladys? And then and then every once in a while like. You know, the whole office is like, we can't imagine where we'd be without Gladys. And that's the time where you remember like, wow, Gladys kind of runs this place. Um, but then you kind of forget about Gladys, right? So th- these are the pictures that <laughs> kind of came to my mind when it comes to the interworkings of um, the Trinity, right? And and even, you know, beyond that, I've, I've, I've also asked like, why is it called Christianity and not Trinidadini? Um, why Why? Why do when we talk about the Father and Spirit, and, and I think it's these pictures confuse us, and we have these things. So what I decided to do is just instead of live in my weird pictures, my weird word pictures, where I, you know, place people in uh, spots that are, uh, well, it turns out heretical and extra biblical. Um, let's go. Let's go to the Bible and let's figure out. Let, let's start with Jesus. Let's start with Jesus and let's see what he said about these other two. Because I know Jesus, I, I like. I'm familiar with Jesus, you know. Let's start there. We have his words written down in red, right? Let's start there and let's see what he says. And the the, the main premise that I want to start with and continue with this time is that, um, and we're going to be talking about the Father today, so this is very important. The Father is central to the gospel. Our Father is central to the gospel. The idea of a heavenly Father was introduced by Jesus in... in um, probably in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, in, in more of a public way. And uh, it was a big deal when he said, you know, our father, my father. Um, he, he described a relationship with the father where you ask him for stuff and he gives it. And um, yeah, he see, our father sees in secret. So 
the father is a big deal to Jesus, and, it, and it's, it's more than just a big deal. The father is central to the gospel message. Um, let, me, let me read for you a, a verse, John 17, 1 through 5. Like I said, we'll be in John several times today. So the first point, the Father central to the gospel. This is Jesus. Uh, is about Jesus um, uh, starting off what we call the high priestly prayer right before he's uh, about to be tried and then um, crucified. So it's very, very special, intimate moment. So this is Jesus. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Let me pause on that, on, on verse 3, and, and reread it for emphasis. And this is eternal life, that they know you. Jesus summarizes, this is what eternal life is. Its definition, its very definition, essence, is that, and this is Jesus saying this, this is, this is Jesus, the, the the perfect Son of, son of God, the the perfect human, the only perfect human, the one who died on the cross, who uh, beat death, who rose from the grave, right? Who offers us grace, unending grace and mercy, for forgiveness, release from shame and guilt and fear. The one who um, founded so many of our, our wisest uh, understandings and sayings, who taught us all these incredible things. He sums up and he says in no short, no complicated terms, this is eternal life, that they know you. The Father is central to the gospel. In this verse, we, we, we see a couple other things that we're going to pull out, and uh, it, it, these will be kind of be our sub-points, but this is the big point. The Father is central to the gospel. The Father is the one who did the sending. The, 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 it's, the Father gave him authority. He's the one who gave Jesus authority. Um, the Father is the one who, who, who can and does glorify. And the Father is the one who, who set aside work for Jesus to do. The work that Jesus did on this earth, including the cross, was the work of the, uh, was the, what the Father had set aside. The Father is more than just a bonus character in the Bible or a nice concept of, of a, or, or even more than just a nice concept of, of a kind of a Santa Claus in the sky. He is central to the good news that we have, central to the gospel. Um, and, and he's central in a couple ways, and I, and I mentioned some of these. So let, let's go through these. The Father sent Jesus. You know, in, in those those weird pictures I gave you of the, the parental situation or the C, you know, the corporate situation or whatever it is. Um, sometimes I think we might get in our head that the father is the one who's mad at us. And Jesus is the one who assuages the father's anger. But it, it, that's too simplistic on, on both their characters, but that's kind of the picture we get sometimes is 
Dad's mad, so Jesus came and saved us. But the Father is the one who sent Jesus and set uh, those works aside for Jesus to do. This is another verse, John 5.30. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says this, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. It was the will of the Father to send Jesus to on this rescue mission to rescue us from our sin and shame and fear and guilt. It was the Father who sent Jesus. That should, that should make us pause a little bit. Make us wonder, want to know the Father a little bit more, right? Time with Jesus is, is incredible, but I want to get to know this, the, the Father who sent him too. Not more, maybe not more, but two. <laughs> the Father sent Jesus. Secondly, and this is, I, I put this as a se- separate point because I want it to be very, you know, there's, there's, there's a commissioning here. There's, there's an official office, right? The Father sent Jesus a commis- a, 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 to do his will. But also I want to be very clear about something. The Father sent Jesus in love. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. God so loved the world. He loves us. He loved us enough to spare his own Son for us. And we might, you know, even saying all of that, the way we say it, I was thinking about this, it sounds so old time Bible. He spare his own son. Uh, and in other verses, it uh, Isaiah fifty three talks about he was willing to crush him, destroy him. The Father in Jesus had the greatest relationship of all time. Right, John seventeen even talks about the glory that that he had in in his father's presence forever they they had this perfect relationship when jesus starts do, doing his his uh, official ministry work the father shows up and says this is my son with whom i'm well pleased and uh and and on this great mount of transfiguration midway through jesus ministry he, the father shows up and says listen to my son with whom i'm well pleased they had this beautiful wonderful loving relationship and and don't don't get it straight the, or don't get it complicated. Uh, the father and Jesus had a perfect relationship, and that's how much he loves us. He didn't send Jesus just just because. No, he loves you. He sent Jesus for you in love. And it kind of dispels this dad's mad kind of thing. All three of the Trinity are equally grieved, have wrath at sin, but all of them love you. And the Father sent Jesus in love, not out of anger, and Jesus did not go independently. It wasn't like a plan that Jesus hatched up where he's like, hey, Dad, look, I want to talk to you about this human thing. They're like 
screwing up and um I know you're mad. I'm mad too, but I thought, you know, so that you wouldn't be so mad, I'll I'll die for them. No, that it was a plan that they came up with together. Because they love you. They love us and they wanted us to be with them. And Jesus was willing to die for it. And the father was willing to, to let his, his son die for this. You know, that, that moment on the cross when Jesus died was equally as painful. And, um, you know, I, I'm a, my wife and I have had two miscarriages. And when you've lost a child, you, you can kind of understand that pain of the father. The, you would never not it's it's not even like oh you know it's not like the father was like oh it's just a couple of days <laughs> he'll be back the father went through intense pain that day too and he sent his son to do that because he loves you that's how much he loves you it's almost too good to be true the father is central to the gospel the last point that i want to bring out here is the father's love is active in our lives. So, you know, we kind of, with the first two, we've got this, we this idea of the Father sending Jesus. He sends it. But uh, I, I remember learning in college, Aristotle talked about um, what he thought of as God as this unmoved mover who sits there and just kind of sends things out to do as well. And I think when we think of the Father, we think, okay, he, like he's there, he sent Jesus, but he's he's still way, way up there. And uh, he's unreachable, and he's not really active. Now when I need things, well, I'll pray to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, right? Those, those are the two mediators, um, and but the Father's not active. That is not how Jesus describes the Father, you know, when... when all those, those uh, Sermon on the Mount stories I mentioned before, you could read Matthew 5 through 7 um, when, when you get the chance. It's a beautiful, vibrant picture of a child-father relationship that is active and current, not, not passive and distant and, or past and in the past. It is active. Ask the Father, present tense, ask him, seek, knock, and he'll give you good things. Give, present tense. He's active. And, and one of my favorite pictures of this is John 15, uh, 1 through 5, and then I'll, I'll also read verse 16. This is Jesus talking again in that it's um, the uh, Last Supper discourse. It's, it's right before Jesus prays the last prayer. There's a lot of last there. But um, let, me, let me read these, these very important words. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, present tense, prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bear fruit much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. You, this is verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, 
he may give it to you. Now, there's a whole bunch of, of vine pictures here, agricultural pictures here, um, which I, I uh, got pretty comfortable with living in Iowa for a while. I learned a lot about agriculture there that I won't get into. But what we want to focus on is that the, the father is the vine dresser. He, he prunes and he takes away things that bear fruit. Now, when we see, when we see that idea of pruning, of cutting off things, we, we might think that that's scary or intimidating, but it's a loving thing that our Father does that takes away parts of our lives and parts of our, our heart and our character that don't bear fruit, that don't bring more life. To bear more fruit means to bring forth more life, to experience life to the full, to, to live life the way it's, it's intended to be. And so as we abide in Jesus, as we, as we remain connected to Jesus, the Father's love is active in our lives. It's active. He is, he is pruning off things. And he, it's, it says, it's, it's not confusing, it's, it's he who does it, right? It's not a mystery. He is the one who does these things. And he, when we, as we abide, as we remain close to Jesus, whatever we ask in the Father, in Jesus' name, he gives it. So it's, it's this beautiful, vibrant relationship with Jesus and the Father, and His love is active in our lives. It's current. It's right now. And when we talk and interact with Jesus, the truth is, is that we're getting to know the Father more. And that's that's the place to start for us. So you know, it, like we we have these points: the Father is central to the gospel. That's great to know, right? That's good to know. He's the one who sent Jesus. That's good to know. That's good understanding. He sent us in love. He, the Father loves me. The Father's love is active in my life. Okay, great, but how? Where do I start? What do I do? And that's precisely where we start, is that knowing Jesus more means knowing the Father more. John 14, 6 and 7, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. This is Jesus talking. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. When we get to know Jesus, we also get to know the Father. You know, it's like those moments that you had that, that scare you, that terrify you, but you might do something. You know, I, I uh, said something at a certain cadence a couple months ago, and my wife just stared at me and was like, oh my gosh, that was your dad. You know, what if that was true, not just about mannerisms, you know, like, like, little quirks, but with Jesus and the Father, it's true to the point of their will is so in sync, their character is so in sync that when you know Jesus, the when you know the, the God who of love and compassion and mercy and grace, who challenges the, the right way and brings up truth, but also shepherds and cares, the, the, the God who died on a cross, who, who gave his very life up for you, knowing that God, Jesus, means you know the Father more and more. And as we get to know Jesus, we can actually get to know the Father more and more. And then John 10, 27 through 30, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. I and the Father are one. As we get to know the Good Shepherd's voice, Jesus's, we know it, we follow it, 
and we are, we live in the security of being in the Father's hands at the same time, and and that's a that's a tight grip, that's a firm grip. Jesus and the Father are one. Now you might be asking why why so if if they're one and you're knowing Jesus, knowing the Father, what's what's the why would I intentionally go after knowing the Father? <laughs> and the truth is, is that as as near and and beautiful and as in sync as their character and will is, their function and and their love manifest in different ways. They're still different persons. Jesus is is our our great high priest, our king, our father as our father. And Jesus is very clear that when we get good things, when we want good things, we go to him. We go to our father. You know, the the last thing I'll leave you with is, um, yeah, it, the the first miscarriage that my wife and I had was the first time I really got to know the love of the Father. You know, I I spent a lot of my life praying to Jesus and getting to know Jesus. And um, Jesus was uh, he he relates himself as a friend in John fifteen and and f- friend in a very deep meaningful way, not just like a you know Jesus is more than a Facebook friend. He's He's a deep, meaningful friend, but I remember the the night it happened and just the depth of pain and and confusion and talking with God and for some reason I decided to talk to the Father directly. And Jesus had comforted me. We'll talk about the Spirit's comfort next time um, and how the how big a role the Spirit plays in all of this. (laughs) But I needed the Father. And there was something deep from the Father saying, I I was there, and I'm sorry, son. I'm so sorry, kid. This hurts bad. And I love you. And there was such a vibrancy to the different function in office. That office sounds so um, official, but... Uh, it is, that's a redundancy, uh, the, the function of the father there, right? Being the father, my father, as Jesus even re- relates him as Abba or daddy. I need my daddy. And he, and he, and, and that brought me deeper and deeper into this relationship where I realized that the father, you, father, you were the one who sent Jesus in the first place. You wanted me. You wanted me. You came and you sent your son. You gave up so much to get me. You are active and it brings me deeper into this relationship. And so I encourage you, please know, get to know Jesus more so you can get to know the Father more and then really get to know the Father. Pursue a relationship with the Father as well because when you get Jesus, you get the Father. And, and it's this beautiful, vibrant where, where we get to know one and we get to know both a little better and one and then both a little better. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a deep and meaningful um, friendship, relationship circle, the gospel that, that God's called us into. So um, let me pray to close us. And I'm excited to spend the next time on the, the Holy Spirit with you. Um, God, thank you. Uh, yeah, God, thank you for just the beautiful picture of, of eternity you've brought us into, the, the picture of having a relationship with you, Abba. 
forever, being with you forever. And Jesus, that you were willing and, and, and submitted, being God, you still submitted to your Father to bring us to um, you, Father. And so we're, we're grateful for that. And um, as we get to know you both better, would you um, strengthen us and encourage us um, and show us the truth? And we're excited um, to get to know the Spirit as well. Spirit, thank you for your presence here. And, and um, as we talk about you, um, and think about you over the next couple weeks, would, would um, our lives be filled with more um, hope and peace um, and pleasure and meaning, God. Yeah, thanks for this, this opportunity we had to worship together this morning. In your name, amen. Okay, New City, it was great being with you this morning, and um, yeah, I, I wish you a blessed and wonderful week thinking about the Father's love.